What is bias? According to the dictionary, bias is prejudice in favor of or against one thing, person, or group compared with another, usually in a way considered to be unfair. Prejudice is a preconceived opinion that's not necessarily based on reason or actual experience. Whenever you hear the words bias or prejudice, we tend to associate it with something negative. In today's culture, once we deem something negative, we stop engaging with it. Yes, there are times when that approach is probably warranted, but I also think that there is a lot to be gained from going beyond the moment we determine that bias exists and into the margins. What would happen if we kept talking after we got mad or hurt or frustrated? I don't know for sure, but this podcast seeks to find out. Each episode, we will discuss an issue that is buzzing. I will expose the biases that help shape my perspective on the issue, and then we'll keep talking. For the first topic of the podcast, we are going to talk about labor, as in the labor of a worker. The pandemic caused many people to be out of work and the passage of a few laws enabled some of those people to stay home and receive unemployment benefits. The idea being that if we can keep people quarantined and out of spaces where they're in contact with others, that it will slow the pandemic. It will slow the um proliferation, if you will, of the virus. As restrictions started to lift, um, some people have chosen to remain out of the labor force, opting instead to continue receiving unemployment benefits. I have seen many people, many social media posts about how nobody wants to work anymore. and It's a shame that nobody has any drive and people are so lazy. Of course, they will stay home and get paid to do nothing. The most interesting part about these assertions is that I've always seen them coming from other working class people. So we've got working class people denigrating other working class people. Even before we got to this whole labor discussion, I would see people posting, uh, I'm an essential worker, but I don't get paid as much as people are getting paid to stay home. Again, working class people denigrating other working class people. Why? Let's talk about it. First, let me tell you that I am biased on this topic, but here's why. In my early years, I was raised by my grandmother because my mom was a teenager when I was born. My grandmother was a laborer through and through. 
She came from the South, moved up North as a teenager, and worked and worked and worked. She worked harder than anybody I've ever known, but she was never paid a wage that seemed fair. Beyond my grandmother, my family is primarily working class with some middle class and wealthy pockets sprinkled in, but mostly working class. I can't look at other working class people and tell them that they should forego their unemployment and return to the workforce to earn less than they are receiving through unemployment. Let's keep talking. I've seen working class people slam other working class people, as I mentioned. But what I've never seen is those same people saying anything about the super rich and their exploitation of labor. It's so much easier to go after the people you have access to or you are in close proximity to. It's so much easier to look at a customer you may have had, a neighbor you may have had, or any other person that you can reach out and touch figuratively and have an opinion about that person and their decision to stay out of the labor force, the workforce. It's easy to pick on that person because those are the people that you see. But I never see those same people going after, uh, even verbally, uh, or even with their typing fingers, going after the super rich who have profited the most from the pandemic. The wealth gap has increased. The amount of wealth that the super rich have gained during the pandemic, when people have been losing their homes and dying and uh, being sick and just experiencing all manner of negativity, it's unbelievable. But we choose to have so much to say about our fellow working class people. I just don't think it's fair. People tout the strategies of Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, but they usually focus on his initial his initiatives around racial justice. What they tend to leave out, um, and what and what I would venture to say is his most dangerous work, dangerous to the establishment. Um, that work was around union organizing for public workers. Two weeks before Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, he gave a speech in support of the Memphis sanitation workers strike. In the speech, he said, you are doing many things here in this struggle. You are demanding that this city will respect your dignity of labor. 
You are demanding that this city will respect the dignity of labor. So often we overlook the work and the significance of those who are not in professional jobs, of those who are not in the so-called big jobs. But let me say to you tonight that whenever you are engaged in work that serves humanity and is for the building of humanity, it has dignity and it has worth. One day, our society must come to see this. One day, our society will come to respect the sanitation worker if it is to survive. For the person who picks up our garbage in the final analysis is as significant as the physician. For if he doesn't do his job, diseases are rampant. All labor has dignity. I have another quote from that same speech, but we'll stop there for a moment. All labor has dignity. In my mind, going after people, um, denigrating people who choose to keep collecting unemployment rather than re-enter the workforce because unemployment is more lucrative for them is short-sighted at best. Consider unemployment benefits. Consider how little someone has to be making to be better served by simply being on unemployment benefits. That person has to be making so very little to stay on unemployment benefits because it is more lucrative. All labor has dignity. You tell me that you would go back into a labor force making $9.25, $11, $14 an hour to be in constant contact with people and put yourself at greater health risk when you can stay home and make at least that, if not more. It does not make sense, even if that would be your choice, to say that your neighbor or uh, friend or colleague or um, family friend or anybody that you know is wrong for doing that is short-sighted. The issue is not their choice. The issue is 925 $10.25, $11 an hour for full-time work. Somebody determined that certain jobs are only worth a certain amount of money. The adage is, if you don't do your work in school, if you don't get yourself together, if you're not paying attention, if you're not focused in school, you're going to be somewhere flipping burgers That is a cultural choice that we as a culture have made the choice that flipping burgers 
is work that does not have dignity, work that isn't valuable, and work that is only done when you cannot do other work or when you failed to live up to certain standards in order to do other work. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said all work has dignity. So the issue really isn't about who chooses to stay home. It's about the fact that that choice would even be there. This isn't about people being lazy. Listen, there are always going to be lazy people who take advantage of systems. That's not what we're talking about here because that is not the norm. Most people work and earn what they get. So that's not the issue. The issue is, the issue here is that some work has been deemed as more valuable than other work. And the price for that work has been set by the wealthy. And when we as working class people attack each other, we play into the hands of those who wield economic power. It goes beyond making a determination that someone is lazy. But rather, when we make that determination, we are refusing to hold ourselves and our culture and those in economic power accountable for how we have made determinations about what is valuable, what kind of labor is important. When you say that someone's labor is not important or not valuable, you leave them exposed to be pushed to the margins of society and their voices silenced. Let's go back to Dr. Martin Luther King and his speech in support of the Memphis sanitation workers strike in 1968. He says, but you are doing another thing. You are reminding not only Memphis, but you are reminding the nation that it is a crime for people to live in this nation and receive starvation wages. Do you know that most of the poor people in our country are working every day and they are making wages so low that they cannot begin to function in the mainstream of the economic life of our nation. These are facts which must be seen and it is criminal to have people working on a full-time basis and a full-time job getting part-time income. He further says, you are here. He further says, you are here tonight to demand that Memphis will do something about the conditions that our brothers face as they work day in and day out for the well-being of the total community. You are here to demand that Memphis will see the poor. 
That was Memphis and that was specific to sanitation workers. I'm going to use the same idea here that when we talk about labor rights and we talk about the working class, that it's our job to demand that the world sees the poor, the working class and the working poor. We are not talking about people, the, the, you know, the one-offs who just sit home and collect checks. That will always happen. We're not going to talk about the number of checks that the super rich are getting by way of tax breaks and subsidies that are paid for by the working class. We're not going to talk about that. But I want to drive home the point that every time you choose to go after another working class person, you are playing into the hands of those in economic power. If my neighbor, colleague, friend, family friend, uh, person I've seen, I've seen one time or another, if that person chooses to stay home and collect unemployment benefits rather than re-enter the workforce because it is more beneficial for them financially, I refuse to judge them. I did not have my wages cut during this pandemic. I was able to work remotely and be completely quarantined. So I am not going to tell someone for whom going back into the workforce would mean going back into restaurant labor, going back into retail labor, and doing all of these things at very low wages which prevent them from being able to comfortably provide for their families. So yes, I am biased because I come from a working class background, but I'm also biased against denigrating the working class and the working poor because it plays into the hands of those in economic power. So that's it for episode one of Yes, I'm Biased, But Here's Why. Look forward to talking to you more as we explore more topics and I expose more biases. Have an awesome week. Until next time.